You're listening to a CanadianMovieCrew.com production. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the 2017 Retro Spooktive. Uh, this year, Mark, I want to play a game. Ah, uh, I was going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> I am Sean Taylor. Joining me is Mean Mark. Hi, everybody. And we are taking a look at the Saw series this year. Um, with Tex out, this is sort of our best chance to do this. <laughs> <laughs> Um, she will be back next year, probably for the child's play retrospective, uh, that we were going to do this year, but she's out and that was her idea. So it's only fair. Um, not to mention in, uh, late October, right near my birthday again, <laughs> we have the newest saw. This is the last time you get to say that. Well, it's the first of this retro spooktive, so I'm going to bring it up. <laughs> yeah. I know, but you <laughs> say it every fucking year. No. Uh, because they bring one out every fucking year. <laughs> if they'd stop doing that, I'd stop talking about it. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, this is, uh, like I said, this is my favorite horror series. Um, I guess that's the last time I'll get to say that. Um, <laughs> fair's fair. <laughs> so, uh, we'll take a look at it. And uh, going through here, I have a synopsis here. We'll read here. It says, so everyone can get caught up on the story. All right? Uh, so this is Saw, released in 2004, directed by James Wan, written by James Wan and Lee Whannell. Um, and here we go. Dr. Lawrence Gordon, plays by, played by Carrie Elways, and a young man named Adam, Lee Whannell, wake up in a large, dirty bathroom. Uh, they are chained by their ankles to opposite sides of the room, while a man who has shot himself lies dead on the floor between them. Dr. Gordon finds a cassette with a creepy voice saying, I want to play a game. And Dr. Gordon finds out he must kill Adam by 6 o'clock in order to save his wife and daughter, Monica Potter and Mackenzie Vega, respectively, who is held captive by a mysterious figure. Meanwhile, outside the bathroom, Detective Tapp, played by Danny Glover, Detective Singh, Ken Lung, and Detective Allison Carey, uh, played by Dina Meyer, are trying to capture the Jigsaw Killer, who has been setting traps for people who he deems aren't value valuing their lives. So far, there's only been one survivor, a drug, a drug addict, Amanda Young, played by Shawnee Smith. Back in the bathroom, Dr. Gordon finds out that Adam has been following and taking pictures of him, leading to their mutual distrust. Adam was paid to take the pictures by Detective Tapp, uh, who suspected Dr. Gordon as the Jigsaw Killer. Tap has been working outside the police since uh, Singh was killed during their first encounter with Jigsaw. But soon time runs out and the mysterious figure goes to kill Dr. Gordon's family, but the wife overpowers him and takes away his gun. Hearing the commotion over the phone, but being unable to know what's going on, Dr. Gordon finally snaps, cuts off his leg with a hacksaw, and shoots at him. The mystery man turns out to be Zepp, an orderly from Dr. Gordon's hospital, and he escapes Gordon's wife, uh, saying he's going to kill her husband. Detective Tap chases him, but Zepp eventually shoots and kills him. Zepp gets to the bathroom and is about to kill Dr. Gordon because it's the rules. However, Adam isn't dead and beats Zepp to death with the, lid of a, with the lid of the toilet. 
Finally rid of the killer, Dr. Gordon crawls out of the bathroom, telling Adam he'll be back with help. While searching Zepp's pockets for the key to the chain around his ankle, Adam finds another tape, which reveals that Zepp was playing a game as well. Behind Adam, the dead body stands up and reveals himself as the real Jigsaw killer, John Kramer, a cancer patient of Dr. Gordon's. Jigsaw closes the door to the bathroom as he ends the movie with the famous line, Game over. And that's your basic Saw summary. Um, here's the one thing about this franchise, Mark. Um, this is the number two highest grossing horror franchise of all time. Number one being the Blair Witch Project, if I'm not mistaken, <laughs> right? No. No, highest grossing, not most profitable. Okay, I thought that's what you meant. But but highest grossing. Um, I'll take you through the list, but do you want to guess what number one is? I'm curious to see what you'd say. Uh, highest grossing... Gosh, I, I think I got it... I think it's one of the Freddy movies, if I'm not mistaken. Freddy comes, in, Freddy comes in number six. Really? Okay. How about, uh, it can't be Jason. Uh, Halloween. Jason comes in Friday the 13th at number five. Halloween's number nine. Whoa. With with the most movies on all, the second most movies on the list. Friday the 13th has 12 movies. Nightmare on Elm Street has nine. Halloween has ten. Hmm. Uh... Paranormal Activity? Number four. Okay, did it just take the title? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> no. Well, it's it's on track to. <laughs> well, it's only one movie, though. Right? Oh, okay. The first one was a TV movie. No, at number 10 is The Exorcist with five movies. Mm -hmm. uh, Halloween at number nine, like we said. Conjuring comes in at eight with three movies. Interesting. The Scream series comes in at seven. Ah, with yes. It's four films. Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, 6. Friday the 13th, 5. Paranormal Activity, 4. Jaws comes in at number 3. Oh, yeah. Saw comes in at number 2 with 7 movies. And the number 1 highest grossing horror franchise of all time. Wait. It was those Medea movies, right? No. Tyler <laughs> <laughs> no. Boo Medea Halloween special? No. <laughs> no. Actually, one uh, one that I know you particularly enjoy. Alien. Goodness gracious, why didn't I think of that one? Because you saw Prometheus and uh, the last one. Well, I, I say I consider those sci-fi because they got, especially once the Space Marines showed up. Um, and that's my issue with this one. Um, yeah. And it's not just bias either because I don't really consider Jaws to be a horror franchise. Mm, sharks are pretty fucking scary. Yeah, but it, <laughs> it's not, when you think horror, you don't think Jaws. Um, I, I well, I would argue Jaws over Alien. Yeah, I don't know. To me, they don't. And I guess, well, it is sort of my bias because I want Saw to be number one. But <laughs> yeah, Alien to me is more sci-fi. Um, yeah, it's it's sci-fi horror, but I mean, it's not. You know, I, I it's not ghosts and ghouls and goblins and yeah, and shit. This is yeah, this is. I mean, aliens killing humans, that's pretty much the topic of a lot of sci-fi movies. So, you know, like it's... True. Like, like you, it, by that logic, Star Trek is also a horror movie. It's also a horror movie. Yeah, well, I've seen the, I've seen the first one. Yeah, it is. <laughs> um, oh, wow. Well, yeah, the Alien franchise is huge, though. I mean, the first two alone, honestly, you could put those up against any other franchise. Yeah, plus it's later two have done very, very well, despite not being very good. Mm. 
Yeah, undeservedly. You're right. Yeah. I, I will say it's, I'm not saying it's better, but yeah, as far as the money, when the money's talking. Yeah. Alien, num- alien, alien puts asses in the seat still. Yeah. Most of this is product of his time. I mean, a Nightmare on Elm Street and Halloween and Friday the 13th all factor in the remakes too, though. So. Right, and and predate the other ones by like ten to twenty years. Yeah, in some exactly. Cases. When ticket prices were like five bucks, so yeah, I mean, but that's what it is. Um, yeah. So getting on to Saw from two thousand fourteen. This uh, movie was written by the director and the, and the co star Lee Wanell or Adam. Hmm. Um, and uh, they're from Australia, and they uh, they made a twenty minute. Uh, DVD that they sent around to shop around the movie with. And that was basically Amanda's Trap. So that whole scene. Oh, yes. That's what they sold the movie on. Oh, Um, yeah, yeah. And when they sold the movie, uh, they made a stipulation that James Wan uh, had to to direct and Lee Whannell had had to star. Which... Even as a fan of the movie, I'm not going to say it's a great decision because he's not a great actor. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, he he hadn't had a lot uh, of movie credits. Like he was like a guy named Axel in The Matrix Reloaded just before he did he did this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he was yeah uh, probably just some Australian stuff. I think like yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. Not not well seasoned yet. So yeah. And he did well. He did Matrix Reloaded after Saw, so after the short, I should say. Oh uh, yeah, because Matrix Matrix Reloaded, excuse me, was in two thousand three. So he would have filmed that in two thousand two. Yeah. Whatever scenes he had, and then okay, off you go, right? So yeah. So um, overall, Mark, thoughts on this movie? Hit me with something. Uh, well, this is obviously my, the favorite one of the bunch. It's really it really set the tone. Um, I, I actually misremembered. I didn't actually see this one in the theater. In fact, it wasn't until the next year, uh, after it had come out on video release that, uh, the girl I was dating at the time, uh, turned me on to this and said that, you know, no, you've got like, I don't know. I don't really watch those cheesy horror movies. She goes, this is different. Okay. You've got to, yeah. Like this is not Friday the 13th. It's not Jason. It's not Michael Myers. It's, you know, this is different. And after watching it, I was like, holy shit, she was right. Uh, it was from then on that I did end up going to see the others in the theater because, on especially the first few, like I actually did look forward to them on the back of this one. Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, instantly, like, bang right off the top, as soon as those guys, like, you can see them, you've got, if nothing else, a gross factor with their environment. You've got... Yeah. You've got him possibly drowning in this opening scene. Although I got it, are we to believe that he was knocked out and then he was just underwater that whole time? <laughs> we'll get to that. Um, that's uh, and you and I want you to bring up these points. That's Mark. my that's my first note. Yeah, I, I want you to bring up things that don't make sense in the in these movies. And we're gonna make a uh, a, a sort of hit list, a, a to do list. Okay. Some of these things get explained later in the series. Ah, okay. Um, and some of them never get explained. Uh, <laughs> so, but one other thing about this movie is the this movie this whole, this entire movie was shot in eighteen days on a million dollar budget, which isn't a lot. Um, no, but it's a lot for an independent film of this type. Basically, they're trusting two not not well known 
uh, right. not well knowns, right, in both the writer and the the director, right? And, so, and that's why it's a million dollar budget. Yeah, but I mean, when you consider like a Blair Witch, where they, you know, uh, ten uh, was it ten thousand bucks they made it for thirty three. 33. Oh, sorry. I'm thinking of Clerks, where Kevin Smith had to fund his own first project. Right, exactly. You know I mean? Yeah. So to be given a million dollars by a studio like that, that pitch was must have been dynamite. Yeah. It's I've, se- like I've ju- seen the short. It's really good. It's actually Lee Whannell in her place. Uh, yeah, I heard something about it. Like a bear trap or something like that that it's, he uses a prop? No, yeah. Well, yeah, it, it's a bear trap, but it's it's the reverse bear trap that basically yeah. works. Um, and uh, it's on the Saw D- Director's Cut DVD. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty intense. So it, it really, I, I can see how it would make you want to see more and therefore fund the movie. But I get that these guys are nobodies and that's why they well, yeah, only they, got a million dollars. Yeah. It's not like George Clooney walks in with this idea. Well, here you go. Here's a, here's a $500 million check. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. And, th- and this movie spawned, um, and James Wan, uh, who directed this movie actually didn't have any time to rehearse with the actors because he got caught up with uh, uh, some passport troubles coming in. Oh, um, now James Wan has gone on to direct some major movies. Uh, he did Saw. After that, he did Insidious, Insidious mm-hmm. Chapter Two. He did The Conjuring, The Conjuring Two, um, Furious Seven. Oh, and he's directing the upcoming Aquaman movie. Oh, that's right, Furious Seven. Yeah, which uh, that was the swan song for for Paul Walker, mm-hmm. which was uh, sorry, I'm sidebarring. Beautifully handled. Um, yeah, and I'm guessing it's no sm- in no small part to J- how James Wan wanted to run it. So right, exactly. He's really yeah. He's been the standout in this, and he's come out to really become a, a kind of a bigger. Uh, he's a known quantity now. Yes. You know, Ted, we're we're talking like thirteen years later, but, um, yeah. but even some of the stuff he's helped executive produce, like the new MacGyver series, it's on TV. Yep, yeah. uh, he's um, doing uh, Mortal Kombat, which is coming out. Yes, oh, that's going to be great. Oh, he's a producer on Lights Out too. Yeah, which was a great yeah. movie from last year. Um, okay, so let's get back to this movie. Sorry. <clears throat> um, okay, so well, yes. I think I think this is prudent to note up front, right? Yeah. We're starting this series. Let's give credit where credit's due to these two guys who had yep. who had a vision and saw it through and put out a great movie. Yep, absolutely. Um, so, what are your notes? <clears throat> uh, well, I already gave you my first one. Um, right away, he, he he just he wakes up. He's underwater. Like that's we know that we know by the end of the movie that they, that they got knocked out. Um, and so he was just in the bathtub full of water. Yeah. <laughs> And was underwater. Yeah, I know. I so know. I don't know how that happened. There is a lot of sort of retconning in the in, in the entire series. Um, okay. Flashbacks, as as much in this movie, play a big role. Flashbacks are used to to sort of explain every a lot in the series. So you're gonna have to get used to that. <laughs> um, and so that's that sort of gets explained in uh, in, in in Saw three. So when we get oh, to so- that. We've we, got to wait two movies. To- <laughs> yeah. Hey, trust me. Okay. I saw this movie. I first saw this movie as, um, well, let's say I rented it. And uh, I watched it. I was working sort of nights. and I was on my day off. I, I started this movie at like 3.30 in the morning. Um, and it ended around 5 because it's only about an hour and a half. And I was yeah. like, holy shit. I didn't sleep. Not because I wasn't, not because I was scared. 
but because I was just amazed at the at, at the twist ending. Um, I didn't see this ending coming when I first saw it. No, no, no. They they set this up beautifully. Yeah, and and uh, they and they do not give it away. No. And uh, I mean, there's hints and everything in there, but they're so subtle. And uh, to anyone who says that they saw the the ending coming, okay, maybe you did, but I usually don't believe you <laughs> if you tell me that. There, there is one. There is one big thing, and I don't know if this is just my mind being able to see it retroactively, right? Uh, but it could be why some people are able to catch it on their first viewing, and that is. They painstakingly introduce all these players. They introduce the cancer patient, but then he's completely unaccounted for for the rest of the movie. True. And, I mean, it's subtle, but someone who's smart enough could have gotten that. Yeah. That's my only. That's the only thing I can think of because everyone else is more or less accounted for and comes back around. Like Danny Glover's character keeps coming back. Yeah. And the orderly keeps coming back. And, you know, as in your synopsis, you ended up mentioning a lot of these names, except we see that cancer patient once and then we don't see him again. But they go to the, the give us the trouble of introducing and giving him a name. Therefore, he's he's important. I Again, you've got to be pretty darn clever to yeah, catch that. I agree. But that's the only way I can see it happening. Okay. Um, so, do you have any issues with the movie, Mark? Let's let's go there. Because um, I know actually, let's, because because I'm willing to say this movie is not perfect, and there are plot holes that you can drive trucks through. Um, but in the end, um, what really draws me to this character, or what really draws me to this series, is not the traps. And I actually think that, especially as the series goes on, the traps become a distraction. Um, and what really draws me to it is the character of Jigsaw. Because um, right. you've said it before, I've said it, and we both agree this is the best way to do it. The villain is always at its best when he thinks he's right. Yep. Yep, exactly. The, their villain is always the best when they think they're the hero. Yeah. And this is definitely the case in this movie. And I want to attack two different things. One, a lot of people call this movie out saying that, well, Jigsaw says that he's not a murderer and that he hates murderers. Um, and that he's not a murderer, but he is. And to that I say, yes, I agree, he's a murderer. Um, yeah. But as we'll see later on in the series, he's also nuts. Yeah, and right? that's not very apparent right from the go. It's not apparent right in this movie, um, but it does get apparent uh, certainly in the next one, starting in the next one. So looking at if you just watch this movie and you think, well, oh, yeah, well, he says he's not a killer, but actually he is. Well, yeah, he is. Obviously he is. Um, but the but the important takeaway is that he doesn't think he is. Exactly. And, and that's the key thing. Yeah, that's he, the key thing. He thinks he's not a murderer, but he's also a psycho. Um, the other big thing surrounding this movie, what a lot of people will say when they don't like this movie, um, which really kind of grinds me, is, well, it's just nothing but torture porn. And I guess this movie is a victim of timing because it came out shortly after Hostel. Which Was I it? yes, which I agree is um, is torture porn. It's very much torture porn. Um, oh, sorry, this one came out a year before Hostel. Yes, uh, but it kind of got lumped in with well, those it, two movies. 
Well, and and here's why I think I think Hostel was inspired by this, but took had the wrong takeaway. Okay. I did see Hostel in the theater. Okay. Uh, and first of all, it's it's ninety minutes long. First thirty minutes is character setup. Second thirty minutes pretty much is a porn because they just pick up a couple Swedish chicks. Yeah. And then the the last half hour is the torture porn. Yeah. But I think that again, that's where you have the wrong takeaway. Yeah. That's from what I mean. the Saw movies, yeah. So you're right, yeah. By by its own existence, it's kind of lumping it, trying to lump itself in with Saw, but it's not really Saw because it's got the wrong idea. Right, exactly. And um, and like the Saw movies, to me, are always best at their best when it's two people in the room talking. Mm-hmm. And that's what really creates the tension. That's what really creates the drama. And I think that's where, and we'll see that as the as the movies go on. Um, not all the movies are perfect. There are actually two that I don't like at all. There's one that I hate. Uh, we'll get to that when we get to it. Um, but is it torture porn? I mean, I guess that's up to you. Um, I I don't I don't think so. Well, see, I think I think torture torture porn can be looked at one of two ways. I think. The idea that you're torturing for torture's sake, but both parties could be getting something out of it. That's the that would be the porn side, and yeah. you actually expect you expect the victim to live, um, maybe scarred or disfigured. I'm not an expert in this. This is just how I see it. Yeah, no, um, I and I, I'm not really an expert either. But like to me, it's not torture porn if there's a reason behind it, and there's a good story behind it. And I guess that really depends on. How, um, if you view this as a good story, so yeah. Well, and the other way to look at it too is that it's just torture for torture's sake, and the victim has no chance. Yeah, they're just going to be tortured until they die, and then and that's that definitely would set it apart from this because he gives his victims a chance. Yes, um, and we'll discuss the, the the chances, quote unquote, as we go on. Yeah, yeah. Um, so um, go ahead, Mark. If you have any others. Uh, okay, well, actually, um, well, I've got I've got quite a few notes here. Well, not not too, too many, but that's all right. Yeah. Uh, first of all, uh, uh, Carrie Elwes in this. Um, wow, like I saw him in Lighter Fair, like Liar Liar. You know, he's playing the the upbeat, soon to be stepdad. You know, right. stuff like that. Robin Hood men in tights. You yeah. know what I mean? Like Princess Bride. Princess Bride. Yeah, absolutely. But this, holy cow, this is a tour de force for him. Oh, you think uh, so, eh? I absolutely do, especially in the latter scenes when he's really starting to crack. Okay, I'll, I'll agree like with at, you there. Like at the beginning, he's doing his best Christian Bale Batman impersonation. <laughs> yes, that's in my notes too. Yeah, but uh, but as he as as Jigsaw breaks him, wow! Like uh, you're believing this guy's pain and anguish and the the helplessness he's feeling as he's stuck, God knows where, with no way out or no apparent way out. And having to just know that his he, his family's in danger, he has nothing. He, he's he's totally helpless. Like it's just he, he really gets that across. Like he, yeah. he puts you he puts you into his shoes. Yeah, I agree. And and that's to the other guy's unfortunate um, effect that he's got to now kind of. <laughs> yeah, he's now he's now got to. He's got to follow that. Like he's yeah. He, yeah. You know. Now the one thing about. Um, uh, the scene where Gordon snaps and he decides to cut off his leg. 
when he's holding onto his leg and he's trying to pull his leg out of the thing and he's screaming, he's like, ah, ah, it kind of goes over the top into the funny category. But then almost immediately he picks up the saw and he starts cutting his leg off. And yeah. that's when the tone changes. And I well, there's a look in his eye. There is, he's, yeah. When you, when he's trying to, when he's tying that that tourniquet and he grabs on, he's gritting his teeth. There's a look in his eye that like this is it. He has snapped. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree. So so, and I think I think the change is just quick enough that you're not you don't get to laughing before all of a sudden you're like, oh my god, he's cutting his foot off. Yeah. Yeah, and, no, I agree. And, yeah, and it's stuff like that that really bring brings it home, you know. And did you notice that they never actually show him cutting his foot off? Nope. Uh, no, I mean, sorry, no, I did notice that, no, you don't see it, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, a lot of people were like, oh, my God, I couldn't take the fact that he was cutting his foot off. Well, you don't actually see it because they didn't have the budget to do it. Yeah, and yeah. That's and, where, that's... and that's where I think um, – it goes back to my to, to to my opinion that a lower budget can make a better horror movie if you have a director who's no who knows what he's doing. Well, yeah, because James Wan just directs the camera, focuses on the man, not the the thing. Exactly. Right. So we see it from his perspective, and we we get his feeling as he's right. doing it. Exactly. And we also we also get uh, uh, Adam's reaction, and I think. Yep. Between those two, they're selling the moment. We don't need to see what he's doing. Yeah, we know what it's he's more, doing. We know what he's doing, and we get it more powerfully by being able to see in the other people's eyes just how horrified they are. Yeah. We start to empathize as as a viewer, right? So that really brings it home. Yeah, that yeah, and and again, this is where I was saying that like, Carrie always was fantastic in this. Um, mm, the music actually at the beginning. Okay. Uh, I know I, I didn't notice. I mean, I've only seen it once. It's kind of hard to go back to when you are looking at things like this. Um, and but the music is setting just the right tone. It sounds like the background music to a video game. I have that okay. notes too. It, but it actually is just right. And I was saying that with no tongue in cheek. I'm actually saying it seriously. Like oddly enough, it's working. Like which like which one in, in particular? Especially at the, right near the beginning, I, I have it right near the beginning of my notes because I noticed it almost straight away that this this whatever the background music is, it's subtle. It sounds like it should be on the soundtrack of, of, of Saw the video game, but it is perfect. Yeah, I, agree. I think it's I think or it's or, well perfect. Okay, but it's it's doing its job of kind of. In, um, you mentioned uh, in another podcast that the idea is to put the viewer at ease. And that's yes. where the best scares come from. So I'm going to use that quote from you. Yeah. Um, and uh, this is helping that. Not it's not going over the top like I've seen other movies where they really lean on the music to like You know, it's yeah. it's not that. It's subtle. It's letting the characters and the actors do their thing, and it's just reinforcing, not trying to enforce. It's reinforcing. Right. So Good I had to bring that up at least once for the like whoever did the music. Right. In this one, anyway, fantastic. Speaking of the music, what did you think of the actual, like, the theme song that comes in at the end of the movie during the uh, the sort of recap? Um, I think it's a takeoff of a Led Zeppelin song. Oh, I'll have to look uh, that up. But yeah, that and, but the, you feel like the music has been building to that crescendo the whole time. Okay, so it, start, it starts off subtle at first and gets a little bit more intense as things ramp up to the big reveal. That was the feeling I got. Because so I really like that song at the end because when they're wrapping everything up and they're showing you all the clues in the in the movie, 
Yeah. Um, t- to me, it kind of ramps up and ramps up and ramps up and ramps mm-hmm. up because it usually starts right at the big reveal. Yeah. And then it shows you all the quick cuts of all the things before you and you see everything and it's not so quick cut that you that you can't see it. Um but it goes along with the with the uh quick cuts and it works so well because you're you're being thrown all this information. That's the one thing James Wan does really well, especially with like the Amanda trap, okay? When she's first shown the video and uh she says you know, once you pull the timer you have sixty seconds to get the key or whatever. She doesn't immediately stand up, and the camera's zooming around the zooming around the chair, and her head's all going fast forward, and everything and everything's panicky because that's and it's very similar to her mindset. It's like, what do I do? What do I do? Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! But as soon as she stands up, you hear that pin come out. Yes. Silence. It's silence. Oh yeah, yeah, and you know that I mean? can be just as effective as music. Yeah, I'm and actually at the scene. I'm I've got it open here, and I'm, I'm replaying the scene just to remind myself about that. Sorry, it's not Led Zeppelin. It's "Live and Let Die" uh, by Paul McCartney. That's what it sort of sounds like. Oh yes, yes. No, you're right. Well, he starts it and then he stops it, and it go it goes subtle again, just as Jigsaw is getting up and he's starting to. And now Adam's putting all the clues together. Yeah. So you it lets you it slows down long enough for you to get all the information and the quick cuts to, to try and put it, piece it together yourself. Yeah. Uh, but it's slowly ramping. It's yeah. slowly building that crescendo again. So it's almost like they 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 have the big reveal. They slow down, let you kind of relive the movie in a short few moments, and now it's ramped up again. Ba ba bum, ba ba bum. Yeah, and it just repeats, and then the, all the quick cuts are getting like faster and faster. Yeah. So I think what what's working about that too is that it's all because it's just the same kind of uh, a few bars repeating. Um, I get the sense it acts like an alarm. You know, how, you play how so when you have an alarm. Well, alarm is just the same tones going beep 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 or whatever it is like a fire alarm uh, a siren um even now on your phone you have a, a like a, a little melody but then it just replays so there's almost a subtlety to it by having the same few bars just replay and replay and just get louder it's like an alarm so it kind of puts you on edge like alert okay. alert like this is very important alert alert you know what i mean okay fair enough i've yeah. always seen it and, and you'll see later on as the series goes on when that music plays you're about to get a sort of a big. It sort of tells you that it's, you're going to get the big reveal, mm-hmm, or something mm-hmm. important is going to happen. Right, um, and, so and, and that's a great the use. Alert. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and that, and that's a great usage uh, of music in a movie when you're when you're told through music that okay, now you need to pay attention because you're about to be told some shit. Yeah. Um, you see that there's other um, uh, other. Uh, composers that do that uh, to help reinforce things in movies, and the, the only one—and I know you're going to hate me for saying this—but it's, it's Star Wars. The only, oh, I the only one. It's the only one where I've actually had it broken down for me. There's a po- great podcast that that actually looks at this uh, very like uh, the different themes and stuff. Like when Leia shows up, she has a theme, and Luke has a theme. The Force itself has a theme. So yeah. 
when the when that cue comes up, you know the force is in play, even though you can't see it. The music tells you it's there, and so this is doing the same thing with that that same piece. It's like this is what's going to happen, and you know it. Right? Yeah. So and yeah, it trains you. You're right for those other movies, and when they know when to kick it in, it's like okay, time to for the information dump. Yeah. And they no, use I agree. Those, yeah those same few bars to just Jurassic Park does a great job of it too, um, because it has. Mm. It has different versions of the, of the classic theme song that play uh, in different parts of the movie. Yeah. Um, but anyway, sorry. Uh, what's your next note? Because um, I know this movie front and back, so I don't need to make notes. So that's <laughs> fine. Uh, okay, I did have a kind of a joke here. I like the idea for that. For most scenes, Tobin Bell is just playing dead. <laughs> okay. And, yeah. I, and I just wondered if he had an acting class where he had to like just lay down for ninety minutes. You know. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, he actually laid down for all of those scenes. He was in there, right? Yeah, he laid down. And anytime he was on camera, they brought he came in, put the makeup on. Yep. Well, I I can imagine that they shot the all the bathroom stuff pretty much like in one or in a couple weeks, right? Actually, they shot this movie in order. Really? So when we cut away from the bathroom, they actually went to a different location, did that scene? Uh, I don't think so. I think they did all the locations in order. That's what I mean. So yeah. they would have had the guys from front to back in the bathroom over the course of probably a couple of weeks, but doing the scenes in the, in order. So they're yeah. getting the, the, which from an actor's standpoint, I, I would imagine you must love because you start off, your characters got it together. Yeah. Then they're in crisis and the crisis builds. So you as an actor get to build with it. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. So I, that probably would have made it easier for Carrie Ellis instead of having to jump from just being the straight doctor to being the panic doctor you and know? going back. Yeah. And going back and back and forth and back and forth. Yeah. Um, uh, I got a note here. I'm not clear as to why Jigsaw doesn't like Adam. Okay. This is a major thing. And everyone always right. asks me, well, what is Adam's test? Yeah. Okay. Adam's not in a test. Okay. Not everyone who's in the game gets a fair shake. Okay. Um, the guy who Amanda chopped open to get the key. Right. So what was his deal? Well, he, he doesn't, you find out who he is later on. Okay. Um, but he doesn't get a chance. Yeah. There's no out for him. He he was what paralyzed or something like that. Yeah. He was paralyzed. So basically, um, the only way he gets out is if Amanda fails. Okay. So, and I say, well, why is he doing that? I thought he tests everyone. Yes, but he's also nuts. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so there has to be, and this, and, and this comes in especially a lot in the later ones. Um, they kind of clean it up later on, but, um, there are, there are some times where somebody is not being tested and they're just in the game for someone else. And Adam is this particular case. I would so, argue that the reason Adam is in here is because he wanted Dr. Gordon and Adam was following him. So it was an attack of opportunity. Pretty much, yeah. Because you notice that Adam was in the garage, in the parking garage, taking pictures of Dr. Gordon on his alleged affair. And that's where Dr. Gordon gets captured. Yeah. Right? 
Well, Adam was also there, right? So if Adam happened to see anything, which we know, we kind of get from the movie that he doesn't, but just to be safe, Adam is brought in and put put into the test, right? And I guess, okay, now that you say that, it does make a bit more sense that if this guy is following um, the doctor, following the victim, it's possible that he has maybe some evidence to who the real Jigsaw Killer is. Right. Or witness something. Right. Or at the very least would be able to prove the doctor's innocence. True. So from from a criminal perspective, by taking Adam out, it leaves suspicion on the doctor. Right. Which is away from him. Yep. Right, away from the real Jigsaw. So as long as there's someone else, an, another suspect, yep. he could, he's free to operate, right? Pretty much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That does make sense. Okay. It's just, it's not com- uh, explicit, I guess. No, it's not. It's something because that I've, I've thought about over the years as I've rewatched the series. I, I, and I can imagine so, yeah, because it's really, and I think the reason why you've been asked that before, because um, I certainly didn't get it, is because of the device of the traps, which has been such a unique thing. Yeah. That... Only this movie series is doing it because they're the ones that do it the best, and anyone else is just a copycat now, right? Like the, pretty much these guys. These guys had the idea; they get it, you know. Yeah. So, um, because of that device, it you you want there to be a reason for everybody to be involved in these games. Yeah. Right. So, okay. Now they're kind of more like Hunger Games participants. Kind of. They, kind of. They don't get a fair shake; they're just kind of there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they're not in the game. They're a tool in the game. So Adam so goes he, free if Dr. Gordon doesn't kill him. Right. Okay. So they're just as much, almost as much of a prop as the, the actual yeah. Jigsaws. Because Jigsaw does say, Adam, your aim in this game is to stay alive. Right? Right. So maybe his game is to convince Dr. Gordon not to kill him. But Dr. Gordon has his family um, they being held hostage and they will die. So, yeah. you know... Are you good enough to, you know, and, that, and that's the thing. It's like, well, you know, you're always taking pictures of people behind their backs. And Jigsaw doesn't see that as moral. So perhaps he is in a game. I've always thought that he was a tool in the game for someone else. And, and, and we'll see, we'll see a, a examples of that later on as well. Well, I, I mean, if I was to, to try and like in uh, retcon uh, an explanation for myself, I mean, there is still a lesson for Adam to learn by being locked in a room with one of his subjects, right? Yeah. You know, because his business is personal yet impersonal. He's just a hired gun to just to get pictures, but they're such, uh, they're so invasive. Yes. That he doesn't, but the, like it's so personal that way because it's invasive on his subjects, but it's so impersonal because he's doing it from the behind the lens of a camera. He never actually talks to his subjects. And lets yeah. them know, you know what I mean, to get to know them. Now he's in a forced situation where he actually has to confront face-to-face one of his subjects. Yeah. Which would have been a new experience for him. So if he does get this, get out of this alive, it would lend a new perspective to what he does for a living. And it may change his life, yeah. It could. So, I mean, now I'm making that up for Jigsaw. Yeah, yeah. No, I know. But, but at the same time, I mean, they do a good job of putting you in the victim's shoes. So you could see how that, like, if... 
Yeah. You know, I, I, hey, we, we work in a call center. If, if, if I got locked in a room with one of my customers now, you know, maybe I, <laughs> that might change the way I do things. You know what I mean? No, nah, I'd, sur- I'd survive the trap. <laughs> oh, I'd sur- yeah, yeah, I'd survive the trap. And I w- Actually, I wouldn't change anything. Yeah. Uh, I'm not mean. Um, okay, so, but thank you for that. So that, okay. that's been a huge question mark because you're right. It's not only just Adam, but it's also that other guy. Yes. The, with he who has no name so far. Well, Zep. Yeah. No, not not Zep. The, oh, uh, the, 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 the one that Amanda Amanda the one Amanda kills. Oh yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Oh, uh, okay. Next note. So, if the traps are supposed to be escapable, how come Razor Guy doesn't get out? Razor Guy, Razor Wire Guy. Yeah, Razor Wire Guy. I, I I think the traps escapable. He had three hours, and all he had to do was get through an S curve of Razor Wire. Um, oh, so you're saying if he had taken his time. If he had taken his time, I think he could have gotten panicked. out. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So, I, he, yes, he would have received some cuts, but so, nothing nothing so major as to when he panicked. Is yeah, that right? Yeah, exactly. Yep. Now he just went haywire. Now, the, 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 the flammable substance guy? That guy was fucked. That guy, I think, was fucked. <laughs> Covered in a flammable substance, broken glass in the floor, numbers all over the wall, and that's supposed to be the... Uh, the combination, combination to be safe. yeah, w- yeah, too, way too many uh, combinations to actually make it out in any reasonable amount yeah. of time. And I, I would even say Amanda's was not fair either, because you're given sixty seconds to kill a guy, search the stomach, get the key, find the lock, which is behind your head, and unlock it. And unlock it. And the thing is, I mean, when they so so here's where the filming I think lets you down a little bit. Uh, first of all, Razor Guy, if we can go back to him. Uh, I think his shouldn't have done, they shouldn't have done that speed up thing. No, I, I like the speed up thing in that particular case because it shows that he rushed through it and that's why he dies. But I think that it would have benefited more and I wouldn't have had the same question if it had started maybe that fast, but then went to real time. Okay, fair enough. So we can see just how fast he's actually really moving. Because when you speed it up, you don't know how... He could have been taking his time, but you put the thing in fast forward. Now it looks like he's rushing. Sure, fair enough. I think I think if they'd they'd cut it where you start off going zip 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 zip, but then you actually slow it down to real time, where you can see where he's really just panicking, and that's why he's getting cut cut cut. And, I mean, yeah, you can ramp up the gruesome factor too, but maybe that was a victim of the budget. It was a victim of the budget, yeah. Right, because by doing it, like it was a bit of a cheat to just show him in fast forward, so they don't Pretty have much. to get his detail. Yeah, and yeah, so there's, I think, where the lower budget didn't serve as well. I think didn't serve, but for me, it it didn't take away from it either. So well, I mean, we get the exposition. Yeah, we get I, the idea of it. Yeah, yeah. Dina Meyer delivers us the exposition. The yeah. Who's barely in this is actually when I saw her, I was like, oh yeah, she's in this. And then I'm like, and she's not in this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Stay tuned. Where, where'd she go? I know she comes back, but yeah, stay tuned. We, we get, and we pick up a Wahlberg as a trade. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> we lose a Glover and a lung, a young, but uh, we pick up a Wahlberg. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot Danny Glover was in this, to be honest. Yeah. Well, he's get, it's not, well, to be honest, he had to die in this one. He's getting too old for this shit. So, <laughs> um, and I also forgot the bad guy from Lost is in this too. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I do have in a note that yeah, Danny Glover was actually a big casting get. Yeah. So good for them, like for having that. Um, okay, let's go to Amanda's trap. Okay. Um, there's no clear impetus for hers. What do you mean? Uh, 
like they 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 bring her in. She said she survived, and then they go right to just her being in the trap. But we don't know what she's done to deserve it. Yeah, we do. There's a tape. Okay, what did the tape say? Because mm-hmm. I it. This is a drug reason, addict. A drug addict. Yeah. Right. So it was about valuing life, right? That, right. That kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah, yeah. I'll be honest. My note literally says I don't remember if I noticed upon that upon first viewing, at least not at first. Normally, it's laid out for them as they as the reason to get out. Yeah. No. Yeah. Well. Yeah. But hers is more of a of an explain the trap. See, the reverse bear trap becomes very very big in the Saw series. Yeah, it's um, very popular. It, it it's teased a couple of times, and then you'll see later on. But yeah, yeah. Uh, when it pays off, it fucking pays off. Let me tell you, I was so happy. I seem to remember that where one guy gets it. And, yeah, and that's his. Yeah, he gets killed with it. Yeah, you'll see. Yeah, yeah. I do remember that from one of the other ones. I just can't remember which one it was. But. Yep. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. So maybe just something. I would maybe I was making another note and I missed her tape being played. Perhaps. Yeah. Okay. Um, so next I want to talk about the doctor again, because they really try and mislead you into thinking the doctor is actually Jigsaw, but yeah. then they kind, of, they kind of waffle on it a bit though. Well, I don't think they try to lead you to think that he's the killer because he's in a trap. So, you know, he's not the killer, but I think they try to lead you to believe that that tap thinks that he's the killer. Well, and I think they're trying to do it for the viewer's sake too. He doesn't know what's going on. Uh, or sorry, no, sorry. They he um, it, it's alluded to that the picture in his wallet's replaced. Okay, yeah. Uh, you know, Adam keeps accusing him of being in on it, uh, of having knowledge that Adam doesn't. Uh, his pen light was found at the scene of the crime. Yep, that gets explained. Uh, yep, yeah, yeah, but but that's the thing. So we, but then we get the the, then we get to see the boogeyman behind the camera. We get to see, uh, uh the orderly. Yes. So now we, the audience, know that it's not him. Yeah. Uh, or at least we if are, it is him, he has an assistant. Yeah, and, and we suspect that Zep is a part of it. Yeah, yeah, we know. Yeah, we we basically they they let that one out that okay, Zep's work, Zep's part of it. Maybe he's the killer. Yeah, and but I'll I give you this too. The movie kind of cheats in the, in the middle of it because Zep goes over and he listens to the the, the heartbeat of the mother and the daughter. Yeah. Which, when you think about it in the end, if he was in a game, why would he do that? If he's not the killer, why would he do that? Right. Yeah, right? see, that's the thing. So they have, but they keep wafting back and forth between these misdirects of the orderly, the doctor. The orderly is the doctor. The orderly, um, are they not together? I yeah. think they, they lean really heavily on, on those misdirects almost too long. Yeah. Now, the only thing about the, um, the the stethoscope that I'll say in the defense, and I'm totally making this up, um, is that he is a nurse, right? He's an orderly. Mm-hmm. So maybe he's checking on them to see if they're okay. Well, it it plays a lot creepier than it that. It plays a lot creepier than that. Because right? he, but he, listens to the, he listens to the girl's heartbeat. Listens to the moms. And then brings the gun, gun up to them. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah and yeah. then listens to the girl's heartbeat to just to listen to it go faster. Yeah. That's just creepy. And you're right. That's not part of the game. So what does he need to do that for? It, it, it's a misdirect. It's it's a bit a bit yeah. too heavy handed. Yeah. It's a bit of a cheat. And I admit to that. So. Yeah. Yeah. 
I, I, hey, I'm, don't get me wrong. This isn't spoiling my overall. It's no, just yeah. these, no, I agree. This is me. This is me being a little picky. This is our retrospective, right? So we're looking <laughs> back on this. Yep. Um, but and and I did notice this time. Again, this is only my second time, right? So yeah, I mean, yeah. I saw it back in like early '05, uh, late late '05, mid '05, I think. Uh, so after the, the the DVD release, right? Yep. Um. So now we're you know twelve years later. Yep. Uh, and I did notice a lot of this is reviewing. They they set something up and then they go back and re and redo it and redo it. Like they go back to these moments over and over again. Um, they do, but they show you from different angles. Like they show you yeah. Adam taking the picture of Gordon in the th- in, in the parking garage. Um, then they show you the abduction from the parking garage. Um, I do like how Adam's ad- abduction was taken um, because you see, like he's flashing the light bulb. Yeah, to see in front of him, and then you know, like in other horror movies, they would just. Um, they would flash, nothing would be there, and then something would jump from behind and get them. Mm-hmm. Whereas this one, they actually pay off the jump scare, and they do it right. They flash, you see something for only a flash, and then it attacks them. Yeah. And I thought, that is the way to do a jump scare. Yeah. Like, there are good ways to do a jump scares. There's bad ways to do jump scares. This is the good way. Um, yeah, oh, absolutely. Yep. Um. So now, now we'll go back into some more stuff I like. The overhead shotgun trap. Okay. With the trip, with the trip wire. Yes. Yeah, that was crazy. That yeah. was just like, was it four shotguns or something like that? Like, Yeah, something like that, yeah. Zero, yeah. And it, it is interesting that, to see how, like, he's got his, his mission traps, and then he's got his self-defense traps. <laughs> yeah. Which again, escapable. If you happen to notice the tripwire, you just walk right over it, and you're you're free to go. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not like a whole laser fence type thing. And, and this movie shows you something that is never ever seen again in a saw movie, and that's Jigsaw using and wielding a weapon. Yeah, he has a knife. He, yeah, well, yeah, he has a blade. He never physically attacks anybody else mm-hmm. in the entire series. Um, you would chuck that up to this is the first one, and then they asked them to do sequels, and they created the lore of Jigsaw. Um, yeah. It kind of sticks out when you look at it from an overall perspective from the entire series. Um, but eh, that's one of those things that I really can't explain. Well, so, it, it, but it, it, it perfect. It makes perfect sense, though. True. To, to be honest, this this guy is a planner. And yeah. so he he actually had a plan for some sort of physical encounter. He knew the cops were after him. Yep, that's did why see, he set up. Did the, you see in the, the background of that scene too? He has a um, a model of the bathroom game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They actually discover it, and then they don't really do much. Oh, about that's it. right. Yeah, that's right. Well, they don't know what it, they don't know what it means. Yeah, they don't know what it means. No, exactly. And there's another cool little th- Easter egg. If you look in when Adam finds the uh, bag in in the toilet. Mm-hmm. Um, he pulls out the hacksaws. Yeah. And if you look closely, you can see the pictures, and you notice that he sees his own pictures in there. And then throws in the bathtub. And then yeah, and then he throws them in the bathtub while looking I, over. I at didn't Dr. actually Gordon. see the pictures. Yeah, you can. They're very very quick. Yeah, it's but you can't see it. So that shows that at the right moment. And that shows very early on that Adam has something to hide. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's very very subtle, but I think that's. That's the mark of a, of a good director doing that. 
So yeah, instead of instead of relying on the reveal later, he actually sets it up that the audience could get clued in on it mm-hmm. if they're paying attention. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Yep. Well, the other thing about the shotgun trap too, by the way, just to go back to that, is that it is one of the lead detectives, and he does get killed. It, like it raises stakes now. Yes. Because now this is just it's not just a trap for a trap's sake or for the for his little mission about changing lives. Two things. It does show that, yeah, he's a bit crazy, I guess. Uh, and secondly, uh, that the cops are getting close. Yeah. Like, that that's almost a desperation move to take out one of the officers that's a, or one of the detectives on your case, right? So, yeah. Yeah. And what it also does is it furthers Detective Tapp's uh, character. Because yeah. from that point, he snaps, he gets kicked off the force, but yet he still continues... And you see in the scene later on, he's like, we're going to get him, Sing. We're going to get him. And so he's he's still going after Jigsaw, even though he's not really allowed to. Yeah. Um, all for in the name of his dead partner. He's essentially a vigilante at this point. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, for sure. But I, I actually did like that. And the stuff that I'd kind of forgotten, because you, you, you remember the traps, but that's, you know, over time. But at the same time, you forget the little things. So, yeah. Yeah, I wanted to call that back. Um, <laughs> I did have a note. It's like, oh, the doctor, the hosp- or the hospital the doctor works at has the shittiest parking lot ever. Then you find out he's not at the hospital. No, he's not at the hospital. <laughs> he's at the hotel. Yeah. Yeah, again, these notes are as I'm watching. Right? Yeah, yeah, so, yep, yep. Um, uh, oh, yeah, so the, the most annoying clock ever is uh, the orderly has to sit beside a clock that's beeping every single second. <laughs> yeah. Uh, is there a silent mode on that thing? Thank you. Six. I'm here till six o'clock. Excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck well, that. When you have a slow acting poison in your veins. Yeah, I guess every second counts. Yep. Um. And I did. Uh, and I did like the reveal too that Adam was. And I, again, like I said, I I completely forgot about this this stuff. Eh? Yeah. Yeah. Um. That Adam was the guy trailing the doctor. I was like, oh right, yes, they are connected. It's not yep. just two random strangers there for two different reasons they are connected in a very you know uh, i mean because like like not only did with the stuff about the uh you know uh, like he was hired to, to see if he was the jigsaw killer that's one thing but it's another too that if those pictures got into the wrong hands like there goes his divorce uh, his marriage pretty much yeah. the doctor's marriage is ruined right because he he's caught in these liaisons so um and the weird thing is he's not out he's, he's not following him for his wife, he's following him for tap, and you think he's following him for the wife. Yeah, that's the other, that's the other cool thing is they hold off on that information that it was tap that hired him. You think that the wife suspects that he's having an affair, and that's it's part of that kind of pi. You know, yeah, uh, that's what a lot of pis make money off of. <laughs> and it's even added to when um, when when uh, Monica Potter calls and says, "Don't believe Adam's lies. He's known who you are the whole time." Right. Right. Yeah. So that leads you to believe that she hired Adam. Yeah. To yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Um, oh, so one thing that that I think uh, makes doesn't make this a horror movie. By the way. Okay. There's one. There's one trope here that it did not use. Okay. Well, there's a young lady willing to take off her shirt, and she stopped from doing so. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Are we watching a horror movie. What's going on here? Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> In the hotel room. <laughs> All right, good catch, good catch. Yeah, uh, yeah. He's like, she, she just starts doing it, and he's like, no, stop. I'm like, whoa, hey, come on. 
I thought we were in a horror movie. Come on. <laughs> oh, this is. I guess this ain't your daddy's horror movie. <laughs> All I can say to that is wait for three. Yeah. <laughs> so then they try and actually set up so that we think that the former detective is the jigsaw killer. Tap? Yeah. How so? Uh, oh, where, where Adam reveals that Tap was the one that was paying him? Tap that was the one that, pay, yeah, that was paying him. Right. Okay. Right. Yeah. So we almost, you know what I mean? It seems almost like another attempt at a misdirect. Okay. Um, But I thought it was more effective than, than the doctor because he's not in the trap, right? So, right. Um, and because we don't see any evidence to the contrary. Sure, we know that he has an accomplice. We know it's the orderly, but we could extrapolate during our first watch that the cop at the end of his rope, and needing to solve the murder, enlist the help of the PI and an orderly from the hospital that the doctor works at. So we could follow the line of thinking that they both would have a grudge against the doctor, uh, the cop for thinking the killer got away, and the orderly because the doctor is an asshole. I could see how you'd believe that if you thought that Tap was going to prove that Dr. Gordon was Jigsaw from word go. By putting him in this trap. Right. Um, I, I I never thought that Gordon was the killer. I, I never got that feeling. I ne- You kind of get the idea that Tap... I always had the idea that Tap was looking for the killer. Um, and so... And I always... Like when I, when I first watched it, I was really just watching and I was really expecting... Okay, now we know the mystery man is, who's eventually revealed as Zep. Um, I kind of just assumed that, okay, he's the killer, and we're just going to see how all this plays out. Yeah, yeah. You know but I mean? first, you're right. First viewing, they really do like, okay, well, if if he's working alone, it's the orderly, and it's believable. Right. I guess. Because he's the, he's the lowly figure that has to teach the other people a lesson, right? He's, right. Yeah. I think you're doing a great job of looking way hard into it, and I love it. Well, and okay, so and that's the thing is, at the, by this point, like I said, I'd already pointed out like two other potential misdirects. Yeah. So now I think I'm seeing. You know, when you're when you're a hammer, everything looks like a nail. Yeah. Right? So <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so in this one now, I'm looking not just for. Uh, I'm not believing that that tap is the actual killer, but that he's maybe a copycat or or something, or or that if the movie. I'm thinking more as the movie trying to misdirect <laughs> us again. That's sure. I'm not saying it's necessarily successful or it's the best one, but is the movie really trying to do this, or am I reading into it too much? And I, maybe you answer my. I question. think maybe I you're think. reading into it a bit too much, I, but I, I, but I, good job on you. Okay, okay. Um, <clears throat> oh, all right. So let's go. Uh, we talked about Monica Potter in uh, tied up to the bed with her kid with her daughter. Yes. Right. And then you got Linus there. I mean, sorry, Zep. Yeah. The <laughs> uh, <laughs> lost fans out there. Yeah. Uh, if it were me, I'm going to do a little if I were. If I were captured with my kid tied up and I actually managed to break free and wrestle the gun from the kill- from the captor's hand, yeah. uh, there's no there's no freeze. <laughs> yeah. You've, yeah. You've lost the right to a freeze. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a blam. <laughs> yeah. It's a, I, I mean, it's a blemo. It's a hey, <laughs> hey Pelly. Know who's gonna get shot? I'll give you a hint. It's you. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, you're right, and and that's one of the things, and that's that one. You kind of that's kind of a magic bean. It's it's well, if they shoot them, there's no movie. True, and, right? There's no ending to the movie. 
It, and so, it does. It does also make the mother just that much more sweeter that she's, still, even yeah. though she's been through this horrendous experience, she's still, she still really just wants to like let, let the cops drag him away as opposed to actually have to kill a person. Yeah, I'm yeah. not saying she I can kill innocent, someone that she can't kill anybody. She, uh, no, you're right. You're right. That's true. That's kind of a movie rule, right? The innocents can't be killers. Yeah, exactly. Generally speaking, it's kind of an older school. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not saying I could do that on the drop of the dime. I don't know. I've never been in that situation. If but it if was I my were, kid, yeah, no, I'd have to say. Yeah, yeah, I think it's... No, yeah, I agree with you. Especially, you know, if you are in a in a, a position of, um, in a weaker position. I'm not saying because she's a woman, but in this happen, in this case, I think he's got a bit more of a, a bit more physical strength. Yep. And just like if it were me and it was like a big, like, you know, burly dude or big, like, friggin' muscle-bound John Cena-looking motherfucker. Now I'm in a, I'm in the weaker position. Yeah. You know, so if I get the gun, there's a good chance he could get it back if I wait long enough, right? So, yeah. uh, oh, I did like the fight between the order, orderly and the cop. It felt real. It felt like basically as far away from Van Damme as you can get. Yeah. Right? So, <laughs> no, I agree. And, and you know what? I liked Adam's comeback because he punches him out, which he actually did punch him, um, in <laughs> filming. <laughs> so that was nice. a real punch. Um, and then when he's wailing on him with the toilet lid, I thought, oh, no, know, no, I'm, no, Sorry, no, I'm, no I, but I, I'm adding to your point. Oh, okay, okay. Um, That, to me, was the real one. It's like, how dare you? I'm sick and tired of this. Fuck this. I've been shot. I want out of here. You know, if, you mm. know he's done. He's snapped. Um, yeah. So I, I like the fact that both of them have snapped. Right. So that whole sequence, when they get into those tunnels, you have the chase, the foot chase scene between Tap and Zep. Right. Um, and then tap catches up to him that that physical struggle felt real like you can you know taps it you know getting too old for this shit right, right. and but zep is not capable he's he's trained in healing not hurting yeah so you can feel just it's a it's a raw physical like it's all about the gun i just yeah like there was something there that was just it wasn't a choreographed Okay, I'll punch, then you kick, and then... Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, yeah, which I love. Don't get me wrong. That's my jam. But at the same time, for a movie so visceral as this, I think having that fight scene choreographed that way mm -hmm. gave it such a realism to, to... Like, you believe that, yeah, basically Zep got lucky. He yeah. just did that one right move at the right time, and Tap didn't see it coming, and that was it. That's the only way he won. He was actually going to lose that fight. Yeah. So you felt it, yeah, for sure. Um... Yeah, and another note here, you just really feel the desperation between the two guys locked in the room. Like, it, yeah. it's just really great acting. It complements this movie. Yep. Um, okay, so I have the question again about Adam. We already talked about that. So why was the orderly in the game? Well, obviously, he needed someone to, because he gets, well, he gets a tape, right? And he says, yeah. will you murder a, a mother and her child to save your own life? Yeah, but it, what what wrong did he commit that he deserved this punishment? Uh, again, uh, he didn't uh, he didn't do anything wrong. Okay, so he all right, so he's so, just a victim. He's actually one of the. So I guess this movie really does rail between um, people needing change and just real straight up like Jason, Freddy the you know Friday the Thirteenth, Nightmare on Elm Street victims. Like, yeah, there's no good much. reason. There's no good reason to kill these people. They're yep. just going to die. Yeah, pretty much. Hmm. Okay. Because if anything, Zep doesn't have anything because he's the one who stands up for John in the hospital. 
Right. And that's the that's the crazy part. He was like the nice guy. Like this guy actually, he really he 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 was you know, like you said, he stood up for him. Said he was actually a genuine person, and telling the doc he should pay more attention to him. Yeah, and even so um, I, and even Doctor Gordon makes fun of him, saying to the students, saying that some of our orderlies uh, attach um, or, or get attached to get attached to some of our patients, and he kind of laughs it off as a <laughs> stupid orderlies, right? So that's adding to the dickness of the doctor. It even helps sympathize Zep because they cut back to Zep and he kind of goes, oh, and walk, and walks away. Yeah, he's so, defeated. But yeah. unfortunately, for whatever reason, like I said, Jigsaw's, Jigsaw's nuts. And he, for whatever reason, he just pulled Zep into the game. And, you know, obviously, maybe he's playing on Zep's frustrations with Dr. Gordon. Mm-hmm. Out of that, so that, uh, yeah, I, I'm willing to do this because you treated me like an asshole, but also because, um, uh, but also because I have a slow acting poison and I have to. Yeah, it it just seemed like the the sympathetic orderly character was to me enough. Yeah, if, I agree. If, if if he was crazy, right? Like they they hired that actor for a reason. Michael Emerson, I think his name is. Yep. He's great, um, but just giving him that look that kind of almost like not I don't want to say slow because he's not, but at the yeah. same time the the I'm not as smart as a doctor guy, right? Yeah. So he has kind of a giving, Steve Buscemi look. Mm, yeah, 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 sure. So yeah, just giving him that is really um, uh, I I really thought that it was you know because I, I, I forgot about that. I really thought, oh yeah, he's because he connected with John, he wants to help john in whatever manner he can yeah and and i thought going through this that oh he's the twisted one because he has no personal stake in this game right right john's the one dying of cancer yeah so what what does killing uh two innocent people do for john you know to help him feel better so that makes him just crazy yeah but then when he's a victim it's like oh okay well everyone's just a victim here yeah pretty much hmm yeah, that somehow lessens it for me a little bit. Well, no, just just think of it like uh, Jigsaw needed a tool. He needed his yeah. family to be in trouble. How do you put his family in trouble? Well, you put someone else in trouble. Yeah. Um, you know, he needs Adam. He needs uh, someone for Dr. Gordon to go up against in the bathroom, and that's why he brings in Adam. Um, you know, Detective Tap was just there, unfortunately, for the ride. Uh, he got in mixed up at the wrong time or the wrong place. And... Um, that's pretty much everything, you know. No, fair enough. Um, hey, this is a horror movie, right? So not it doesn't always have to make sense. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that's and uh, again, that's it for my million dollar budget. So <laughs> million dollar budget. Yeah, no, no, no. I mean, that, that's the thing. Like, uh, like I said, I think I noted the one budgetary thing that might have been a little bit better, but I mean, overall, they did a great job with what they. I mean, getting the caliber of actors that they did. Yeah. Um, you know, setting the scenes, the filming was tight, like the editing was great, like everything worked very nicely, you know what I mean? A well written story. Aside from the minor things aside, right? Yep. So on a million dollars they made it a you know uh, they made a twenty million dollar movie. Oh yeah, oh they'd made more than that. Um Yeah. The movie raked in uh to date a hundred and three point nine million. Oh no! I'm just so, sorry. I meant uh, that they took that one million and made it seem oh, like no. they had twenty to work with. Oh know? yeah, no, I no, I understand. Um, and that's what really made and and the uh, 
the go-ahead for Saw 2 uh, was green-lighted pretty much right away, uh, pretty much opening weekend. Um, they saw that this this created a huge buzz. Don't forget, at this time, too, there was the Scream was done. There was no Nightmare on Elm Streets. Yep. There were no no Halloween, no Freddies, no no, Freddies yeah. at least not any good ones. So yeah, the only, there was that Freddy versus Jason. Yeah, thing. like uh, I think I think the Halloween remakes were starting to come out, but they weren't doing. Uh, they're still a few years off, I think. Yeah, well, it, but so for the first time since what? When was Scream Three? Ninety eight. Yeah, since you, since you the now late have, 90s, yeah, yeah, you now have a new horror icon. Um, that, and that's true. Something original, and something original, uh, and something fresh, and something new, something for a post nine eleven world. It's it's human against human. It's not um, supernatural anymore. It's human versus human, which I think in the early two thousands that's what we that's what we really gravitated to. Um, well, and, and it's not and it's not just punishment uh, and and murder for the sake of doing it. It's it's lessons to be learned. Yes. Yep. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. Um, so that's going to wrap up uh, our look at Saw 1. Uh, stay tuned for next time. We'll take a look at, of course, Saw 2. Um, oddly enough, followed by Saw 3. Um, so <laughs> Ooh, bold choice, bold choice. Bold choice, bold choice. Um, <laughs> so uh, overall, Mark, would you recommend Saw? Absolutely. Uh, despite the little things, I think actually you helped me solve a few problems that I couldn't get over. Uh, Good my bullshit worked. Uh, no, no, you, no, no, uh, <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, you you made sense of what I, I couldn't quite wrap my my mind around because I guess I bought into the hype back in the day, okay, and really only thought of it one way. Yeah, I uh, didn't really think of Jigsaw as a killer who can be both 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 um, somewhat merciful and somewhat merciless. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there was, I always saw him as like, well, you put him in the trap, they get out of the trap, they you change your life for the better. Yep. And we'll or definitely see that trap, going yeah. forward. Uh, that's yeah, definitely yeah, something so. we see going forward. And what's really great about the series is going forward, we get more of Tobin Bell, who is really the anchor of this series. That's um, Yeah, I will say that his performances are, uh, as far as I remember, really good. So yeah. that's, yeah, yeah. So that, I mean, this is just kind of a, a blink and you'll miss an intro to him, but holy cow, like to him getting up from the ground is like, what the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. Like that was a big, what not, the fuck moment for me too. Absolutely. Yeah. And there's, yeah, there's so much there. Um, so uh, absolutely. If you've never seen it, well, <laughs> no sense in recommending it now at the end of the podcast, but, <laughs> yeah. but if you've only seen it once or if you saw it way back in the day, go back and watch it again. Uh, there's now that you know the story, there's still stuff for you to catch. Yeah. Yeah, I really hope people give this um, sort of a, maybe a second chance, or if you've never seen it, maybe a first chance. Um, like you I know, bin- binge watching is all the rave these days. Yeah, so. there you go, and they're all short movies. So, um, okay, well, that Mark, thanks very much for coming out. It was a pleasure. And I'm uh, Sean Taylor, guys. Join us next time. We'll take a look at Saw Two. <laughs>